Hello and welcome to a very special bonus edition of Anton Nick Press Play. I'm Nick and today I am Sans Ant or Sans Aunt maybe. Um, yeah, it's just me. I've gone rogue and I thought just before the final episode on Crime Traveller, I would talk to a Crime Traveller fan. Yes, indeed, there is one. And he is Mark Rawlins co-presenter of the brilliant podcast to watch who where he and his friend sarah are watching doctor who in order from the very beginning mark from the perspective of a long-time doctor who fan and sarah as someone who is new to who also he's recently started another podcast called finish big where he and his friend joe are going through all of big finishes output in order jesus But more important than that, he was, and is, a fan of Crime Traveller. So yeah, it was great talking to him about Crime Traveller, Doctor Who, being a fan in the 90s, and, as we begin here, editing podcasts. Enjoy! Yeah, yeah, okay, testing, one, two, three. So you just sort of layer it up and do, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I spend a lot of time editing. (laughs) I, I don't know if you realise I do all the technical stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always like, so you need to wear earphones or something. And she never does. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll just sort it out. Just do whatever and I'll sort it out. <laughs> do you edit through Audacity or another programme? Uh, so I do GarageBand mm. on my Mac. Okay. I do, yeah, I tried Audacity. I don't know. I just, I sort of learn on GarageBand. So I just know that really well and i always find it difficult going on to like a different program and stuff yeah no same with me but audacity yeah audacity's a good one as well so uh, and we we've done like zoom uh well in person we don't we don't do as much in person anymore and then we either do zoom or zencaster it's quite good okay where you could download each side oh that's actually um, good yeah the only thing with that is if you sort of talk over each other or something you get that sort of weird sort of drop out yeah even on zencast even though it's recording over and that's really tricky that just i don't know and sort of how you're doing it i would sort of prefer that you've got the sort of full clean recording yeah sometimes i get a bit like (laughs) really like pernickety about it and other times i'm just like whatever there's a lot of podcasts i've heard they're all done through zoom and sometimes it's you miss whole chunks of what people are saying you do yeah yeah, and then you've got to like cut around it and stuff. Um, yeah, so having like a clean sort of at either end, I know it, it takes a while to sort of put them together. The worst one that I did, there was like three, the first time we had a guest, we think we did it on Zencaster, but it was on like Facebook video or something because it didn't work. My recording didn't come out. Um, oh, so I had the other yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like really like super like faint and quiet. I was like, I can't ask him to do it again. So I listened to it back and then re-recorded my lines <gasps> on my own and just said exactly the same, laughed at the Mark, same. Mark, you're a man after my own heart. <laughs> yeah. And if you go back, it's the Web Planet episode. If yeah. you listen to the Web Planet, you cannot tell. It's as if I'm there. I just mimicked myself again and then edited it in. It took ages. <laughs> I've done things like that as well. All things where I've thought I've got to get from this bit to this bit. And make it not sound unnatural. So I'll just I'll I'll do a, a filler line to segue yeah. from one to the other. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of post production <laughs> that they'll never know about. It's fun. It's fun to do. It's fun. Yeah, you so. quite are you quite into the technical side? Then do you get a bit obsessed with getting everything right? And... Uh, well, like I did. Like I was. I used to do like video editing and stuff 
a while back. So yeah, I, I do like enjoy doing it. I've literally, I've been constantly editing. There's always something to edit for the last however many years now yeah. since we started. <laughs> There's always one or two to edit. So it's just, a, it's just been constant. Yeah. But. Well, let's talk about your podcast then. So oh, you yeah, yeah. co-present yep. um, To Watch Who, yes. which has been running since, what was it 2019 you started? End of 2019? Uh, when did we start? We started recording end of 2019. I think the first episode came out I remember because it was lockdown in like March 2020. Yeah. We tried to get ahead. I thought, right, we'll bank some episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and then like as slowly as time has gone on, we've sort of lost that. We're like a week ahead. Mm. Um, but yeah, sort of end of 2019, we decided to, to do the Doctor Who podcast. Yes. Yeah. So I'm guessing it was your idea. <laughs> not, not, you know it wasn't. It oh, was wasn't. It, it oh, was okay, Sarah. Okay, okay. It was Sarah. So um, we did have, uh, we did do another podcast together before that. So we... We worked together and how we chat on the podcast is we sort of had desks next to each other and just sort of chatted like that all day <laughs> and probably didn't get much work done. And I started watching some, uh, it was The Name of the Rose, actually, the Sean Connery film. I don't know if you know it. Yeah, I do, yeah. The <laughs> it was that one. I'd watched that and I came in and went, oh, it's, it's Sean Connery and he's a detective and he's a monk. And uh, Sarah's like, oh, that sounds good. Can I borrow it? And then she borrowed it and was like, and was very shocked by the the, the graphic sex scenes in it. <laughs> it was yeah. like, you didn't tell me that was going to be. <laughs> she thought she was like, it was going to watch this interesting detective thing. Uh, and then we started doing like a films podcast. Uh, and we did about 50 of those mm. uh, where I would make Sarah watch various films, random films from all different times and just weird sort of German things where you know that were quite explicit was it always your suggestion of things that she should watch was it a one-way street or? well it was a list i found a list of like the greatest books everyone should read but we were watching the films instead oh no, yeah nice idea so that was the sort of the, the take on it but there were all sorts of different things so it was just finding sort of versions of films or interesting versions of films that mm. might shock sarah basically <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, then after a while she that sort of died down a bit because I think it was it was tough for her to watch all these films, uh, uh, and then she said, "Let's do Doctor Who. Let's do a Doctor Who. Like, why wow. don't I watch all of Doctor Who?" And I was like, "Of course, yes, brilliant." So, would you <laughs> talk to her about Doctor Who before you broached discussion topics, or did well, you just think this is he the... never talks about Doctor Who? I think we should talk. I know. About... I was like, so I was like the nineties fan. Yeah. Uh, so it was that sort of you know the wilderness years, as they say. Yeah. It wasn't sort of necessarily cool to be a Doctor Who fan. Uh, so I never really talked about it when we were at work. So I started going to conventions a little bit and just started talking to about it a little bit. But I just, it was just one, even, you know, with the new series back and everything, I just didn't, I don't know why. It's just one of those things that you, I think as a 90s fan, that you always have with you, maybe. Yeah. No, I'm the same. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you, were you a fan? You're obviously a Doctor Who fan as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm probably just a little bit older than you, but I'm definitely a 90s Wilderness Years fan. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, yeah, and I didn't really talk about it. And then, and now, yeah, we talk about it every week. Oh. <laughs> so I'm trying to think how I came across your podcast. I think I was in a a kind of William Hartnell early years kind of phase. Right. Because um, I just heard, I think it was probably Toby Haydoke's podcast that he does. Do, do you follow his work? Oh, I love yeah. Toby Haydoke stuff, yeah. And the episode yep. by episode just... And mate, I don't know how many times I've listened to them, but just so much. So I was like, oh, I need to find somebody who's talking about, you know, the early years. Mm. So just scrolling through and I came across your one and it stuck out to me. One, because you're a man-woman duo, which is quite unusual, mm. I think. But this was, I thought, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And then the, the premise of a fan and a non-fan. 
that also piqued my interest. And then I realised, listening to it, that um, Sarah's not, she's not cynical about it. Um, no. And so it's not yeah, like, oh yeah, well, we're talking about your stupid thing or that kind of thing. She's very um, frank when she needs to be. But yeah. Yeah, I thought this is really refreshing. It's somebody who's actually thinking about what she's seen and discussing it very articulately. Yeah, I was quite surprised actually, especially when you're starting. I do like how <laughs> she sort of bursts the fan bubble every now and again. <laughs> oh, she doesn't care. She doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> There's various bits of received opinion in fandom, isn't there? So if you go, yeah. oh, this is a classic bit, this is amazing, and she's like, Mark, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, it surprises you, but you don't know. That's the thing. <laughs> things that I think she's going to like, yeah. she might not. And other things that I think, oh, well, of course, everybody hates this or everybody has a problem with this effect or monster. Then she suddenly loves. You I have know. no idea. Well, of course, there's yeah. the, the famous Keys of Marinus uh, oh, episode, isn't there, that, that, you still, <laughs> that you still <laughs> mention today. Were you a fan of that already? I, I can't remember. Or was it just... Well, not, not particularly. I hadn't really watched it that much. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Watching these again, I mean, I've seen, you know, all Doctor Who at some point. Yeah. But some of them I haven't watched as closely, and I think maybe for the podcast I'm sort of concentrating a bit more. And uh, I do, I still remember that one we were having, I don't know, a takeaway or something, watching that through. I don't know, it was just the perfect evening <laughs> of yeah. watching Who with food. Like, it was just fun to watch, and I think yeah. that's just stayed with us. Yeah, it's a surprise. Yeah, and I think that might be the first one she was really enthusiastic about as well, which helps. Yeah. Especially after, yeah. what was, oh, the pre, was it the previous one, um, Marco Polo? That she absolutely oh, I don't, yeah, Marco Polo, that was a tough one. Early on, yeah. I don't, she didn't really watch that one properly. I showed yeah. her the cut down recon as well. I didn't make her do like no, no. seven episodes, but even like half an hour <laughs> right early on. But that that's a lot to ask someone that isn't particularly interested in, yeah. in Doctor Who or, or sci-fi or anything. Yeah. Oh, and also in the in the fairly unique position of watching something that doesn't exist in its original form. Yeah, exactly. You know, fans have learnt how to sort of process that. Um, you just sort of know, don't you? I don't know when you sort of, when yeah. you learn. Like, I don't know. It's just a, a fan thing, isn't it? You can't explain it. You just you just know yeah. all of this. You have this knowledge, don't you? All this sort of behind the scenes or history. I don't think Sarah realised they were missing episodes at all no and of course not why would she <laughs> <laughs> no exactly yeah there's um yeah obviously there are other shows that have all episodes missing just doesn't exist in any form or have a few missing but i think doctor is quite unique in that god bless those fans with the microphones against the tvs in the old days that it actually oh. impossibly exists in some form that's a weird thing as well it's that a fan thing as well to like record because those 1992 repeats i had a tape recorder which called yeah. like sea devils and music yeah, i don't yeah. know why <laughs> i was like is that just something that you do <laughs> i didn't record doctor who but i did i recorded other stuff comedy stuff mainly I think, to listen to. Yeah, you just do that, don't you? <laughs> um, yeah, I was thinking the other day, as a Doctor Who fan, there's still quite a lot of Doctor Who that I haven't actually watched. And I think as, it, as your oh, podcast yeah. goes on, I think Sarah knows more about Doctor Who than I oh do. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, but that's great. That you ever, that's, like, that's the thing with like someone that hasn't watched all of it. You've got new Doctor Who to discover. That's exactly, brilliant. yeah. yeah, And that's, why, that's another reason I, I love listening to your podcast, because it sort of opens my eyes to these episodes that I haven't really thought about sitting down to actually watch. Yeah, it, all did, it just depended wow. on what videos we had and what was on telly and that kind of thing. I, I did have a big VHS collection that I took over from my brother. Right. And I got rid of a lot of my other VHS, but they I can't touch them yet. I got rid of quite a few. But they're just a complete waste of space. They are, that's the thing. Yeah. But I don't want it. I've got a select few now. 
ones I've yeah. got as like birthday presents, and I remember getting. I have memories yeah. of going to Woolworths or whatever and getting a, <laughs> getting the VHS tape. Yeah, um, I have to keep those. Oh, oh. yeah, fan of the night. So, were you? Are you a fan of the nineteen ninety six Paul McGann film? Uh, yes, I am. Yeah, uh, I remember on the actual night, I had a few mixed feelings about it. Let's say, right, because it wasn't quite what I expected, and especially been a classic fan. Uh, it's interesting how things change. Looking back at it now, it's like it seems rather tame, doesn't it? And like, <laughs> if anything, it's not. It's a bit too stuck in the past, really. I think it's great, and just being that sort of being that age at that that time was perfect. I love that. I love the Paul McGann film, and yeah. being a nineties fan, I'm proud to be a nineties fan. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely remember Dimensions in Time when that was actually on live. Did oh, you? Were yes. you a bit young for that, it's or did you brilliant. see it live that one? That was probably, I would say that's like the first like new who that I watched. I do remember <laughs> watching that and taping that off the TV and watching it over and over again. I So I watched the, when the repeats, 92, that's when I first watched Doctor Who. So yeah, I was proper into it then. How yeah. old was I? Was I seven or eight? Because so I was 12 in 1997 because I was trying to work out how old I was when I first watched Crime Traveller. Oh, so okay. Yeah, oh, so actually you probably... Sort of been about... Yeah, oh, I'm not... Sort of end of primary school. I was just leaving primary school around... Yeah. In 97, so... Okay, yeah, a bit close. I think yeah. I was... What was I? I was, I was 13 when that was out then. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I, was I was that excited yeah, to... I was that excited to see it. <laughs> and my dad called upstairs. It's, it's going to be on in a minute. I went, oh, yeah, great. I just ran run down the stairs, fell, slipped, got a carpet burn all down my arm. <laughs> and I had to sit... I had to watch the whole thing with, with some frozen peas on my arm. I remember that... Oh well, um, the like the family TV broke like a few days before. Oh no! And then my parents were like, "Yeah, we're not getting a new TV." And I was like, <laughs> "No, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. We obviously did get one eventually." Uh, wow! Because we were a family of TV watchers. We were, yeah. you know. But they were. I was. I was panicking. I was like, "This is the worst time for the TV to break." <laughs> I've oh, got a new one just in time. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel a lot of my childhood was trying to explain how important <laughs> Doctor Who was. Like, the world would end if we weren't home in time <laughs> to record it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Taping all those repeats on in the 90s. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, you've gone around quite a few um, events, haven't you, and met quite a lot of the of the cast. It's well, in- I have, yeah. It was only the last sort of proper, I don't know, maybe five years now, I suppose. And I suppose that's when I started talking about it at work, when I was going off to these things. Yeah. I hadn't for a long time. Um, I'm sort of the other end of it now. I think I've been to so many. I'm like, well, I've seen all of those people now. And they're <laughs> sort of getting a bit exactly the same. So I've been to so many. But yeah. I um, the main I went to London Comic Con, the big one. I'd never done that. And the only reason I really went to that was because Christopher Eccleston was doing his very first <gasps> ever convention. Yeah. And I thought, he's only going to do one. Like it's so un- It was such a shock when he was going to do a, a signing. That I thought, Again, right. it's weird how things change, isn't it? Just- and now... <laughs> You're like, what happened? All the big finishing stuff. Can't stop him, can you? He's like, oh, yeah, he's yeah. done another big finish box set. I'm not even interested now. I haven't even like, caught up with it. You know, it's just so old news now that Christopher Eccleston is playing the Doctor again. It is funny, yeah. isn't it? Uh, but at that time, I was like, I've got to see Christopher Eccleston. And then they announced Matt Smith. And there was like Colin Baker. I sort of, and Tom Baker was there. And it was a very expensive weekend. Yeah. Did you meet all these people? I met yeah. all the, like pretty much nearly all the doctors. Brilliant. Uh, that weekend. Yeah. Uh, and that that sort of got me into going to events. And mm. then you sort of want to meet, I don't know, just wanted to meet all the sort of classic, you know, the ones that are getting a bit older that might yeah. not be 
around and you just think, oh, actually, yeah, it'd be really just nice to say hello, get a photo uh, and just say how much you appreciate, you know, their work. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, and I just sort of see who be worth going to see. And the sort of Ian William Russell. Yeah, was a uh, was a guest, probably one of his last conventions. Yeah, so I'm so glad I had the chance because I don't think he's going to do any more. Doubt it. No, he was 97 the other day, wasn't he? I think. I know. I mean, so, I, what did I meet him maybe four years ago? Yeah, I didn't think he was <laughs> <laughs> particularly with it back then, unfortunately. But it was just nice just to see him and be in the same room as him and just you know hear him talk and yeah. But some of them I've seen so many times now. I mean, <laughs> Colin Baker and Katie Manning do many many events and i, I think oh katie I'm, manning's brilliant yeah she she's great but i've <laughs> i've heard every story and i don't need her to sign any more stuff no. <laughs> you know i forgot from about 2010 there's a picture of me at some signing here up in sheffield and um mm. it's one of those pictures where everyone's there they all come together and you sit in the middle of them looking awkward oh great um, yes yeah but it includes quite a few people who I didn't actually meet on the day. So it's, I'm sat in between Deborah Watling and uh, mm. the the lady who played Eldrad. And I'm just sat in between them. It's so weird to think <laughs> I didn't actually meet either of them. I'm just here. <laughs> you get those combinations of people, don't you, when they do the group shot? And you're just yeah. like, okay, this is, uh, yeah. Well, it's fun. I, I always have a laugh. Yeah. So, were there any other shows during the wilderness years that you really got into, like Crime Traveller? Because there were quite a few, wasn't there, to fill that gap? Well, yeah, I was thinking about sort of the, you know, the BBC had sort of given up on Doctor Who, really. They were, you know, the TV movie hadn't really worked out, although it should have. It should have been amazing. It should have carried on. And then they sort of were trying to make... They didn't want to make Doctor Who, it seems, but they wanted something to fill that slot. So you had mm. stuff like Crime Traveller, didn't you? And I was thinking, what else was around that time? And Bugs was around that time. I've only started recently watching that, though. I didn't watch it at the time. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, another thing I missed at the time, yeah. Um, and that, I didn't realise, that finished in 99. So that was going on as Crime Traveller was going on. I didn't realise. But actually, Crime Traveller was probably the main thing around that time. And Red Dwarf as well, at that time. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. So, that had just come back a couple of months before, hadn't it? 1997. It had quite a long gap. Yeah, because I, yeah. I was trying to think. That was like a perfect... I think I was just watching all TV then at that <laughs> age. <laughs> because you had Red Dwarf, Red Dwarf Series 7 started. That was on a Friday night. And I think Crime Traveller just sort of was around that time as well, was just starting as that finished. Yeah. Because I absolutely love Chloe Annette. And I, she was like, so I think there was a time where she was on a Friday night and a Saturday night just <laughs> <laughs> around March 97. And I just, I loved it. And my whole, I don't know, for some reason, my mum and my brother loved Red Dwarf. We all just loved Red Dwarf. Yeah. Uh, and just I had a lot of Red Dwarf videos. Uh, that was uh, like a big thing mm. in like our whole household for some reason. <laughs> I was probably a bit too young to watch it. When I... Maybe. I think Series 7 might have been the first one I watched live. Yeah. And properly followed. But I think, I don't know, the Red Dwarf fans don't really like that series. I, I no. hate it. I'm not really into it. No. I'm like, <laughs> I love that one. Everyone's like, oh no, it's not. I don't know. I just, I because that maybe that was the first one, yeah, I saw sort of live as well. So, well, it is very um, different. But I've got a soft spot for Series 8, and that's even more hated, I think, for some ooh, reason. Oh, I don't know. That's a bit, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure about that. It went a bit funny then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it went a bit, uh, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't as good as Series 7. I was expecting the same sort of filmic, they went back to the sort of studio. Audience. I mean, it, yeah, it had it had quite a format shift, didn't it? Too? Yeah, they changed it around a bit too much But when I was used to Series 7. So I, I remember in primary school talking about Red Dwarf and 
drawing red dwarf things <laughs> and <laughs> pictures and stuff as well as doctor who so yeah i was into whatever sort of around the what the bbc were putting out around that time i was going to ask was it seeing chloe Annette and then seeing her in crown traveler that piqued your interest or would you have just watched it anyway because it was i would i still would have watched it anyway saturday nights i mean i don't really watch live tv anymore not for a long time but Back then, what was it? It was the lottery, casualty, and maybe was it the lottery, crime traveler, or something? And then casualty. <laughs> so yeah, sounds like it. Saturday um, night, yeah. I remember watching around that time. So it was just whatever was on, really. But sort of sci-fi wise, anything that was close to Doctor Who. When I wasn't watching a Doctor mm. Who video, um, I think I taped Crime Traveler off the TV at the time and was watching ah. that. Um, yeah, I just can't believe I, did, I miss Bugs. Um, and a lot of stuff, because my brother's four years older than me. It was sort of into... He's not like a Doctor Who fan or anything, but he yeah. he would watch it or watch Red Dwarf or something. So whatever sort of sci-fi thing he might be watching, I would probably mm. end up watching as well. Oh, and Sliders was on at that time as well. Yeah, contemporary, yeah. At the sort of six o'clock BBC Two or Sliders Buffy... <laughs> All of that kind of stuff. Maybe not so much... Uh, actually, Star Trek. I've never been bothered about Star Trek. I've never really gotten into it properly. No, same. It's a bit stuffy for my liking, I think. I always say, yeah, it's the humour. It's not... That's no. why I like Doctor Who. It's got something about the humour in it yeah. that is just... But when Star Trek tries to do humour, I'm just like, no, it can't. <laughs> it's just not right. It's not funny. It's just cringe. There's something about the uh, next generation, and especially the theme tune, oh. that really reminds me of that time and those evenings um, really clearly. I really like that. Yeah, and they would do... And when they would do something like, oh, oh we're all going to go and be in a Western in the holodeck or something, it's like, no, you just run out of ideas. For this, like, <laughs> so you're just all going to dress up. And they would just seem to be dressing up and being stupid every week. And I was just like, no, this is not... It's not funny, though. They think it's funny that, oh, this space crew are in a Western. It's not funny. <laughs> it's just not. But, uh, well, I don't know, saying that, I've just, you know, but Red Dwarf or something, it, it's, it, I don't know, it's got that different kind of humour that... Maybe you know something like Star Trek hasn't got so yeah never really got into that mm. yeah that was yeah the ninety it was a great time <laughs> I was quite stubborn in that I found it really hard to follow any other sci-fi stuff um, okay because it wasn't Doctor Who so I just thought um, right. well, yeah I'm not really interested it's not exactly this thing that I like whereas in yeah. now I'm regretting it especially because of finally getting into Crime Traveler about four years ago yeah that's it's it's funny how. I don't know. It's got a bit of a has got a bit of a cult following. People who know it know it, or people just don't know it at all. I think it's yeah, it's just one of those things that hasn't. There's a few people on Twitter who are fans of it. I do search it every now and again just to see what people are saying about it. But the main mentions of Crime Traveler are, are um, not complimentary, <laughs> let's say. So, um, and I, I kind of get it. I kind of get it because I I kind of think it may have been sold slightly inaccurately. And I think, actually, if you think about it as a crime drama rather than a sci-fi drama... Yes, because when I, I was thinking about this, yeah, like, if you took out that... A lot of the episodes as well, you get that the bit where they have to go back in time and, and you know, you've just got that very slight sci-fi element. But actually, if you took that out and it mm. was just Holly and Slade yeah. investigating, a, you know, as a duo, it would still work in a way. I mean, obviously, you have to change a lot of the plots with the time travel bit. But if, if you know, the tone of it, yeah, it's a strange tone, yeah. I think, because it's not... I, don't, I suppose Jonathan Creek, it turned into that tone yeah. that Jonathan Creek started... Ha- with i think they sort of went on and i don't know and watching bugs recently as well it's got that same tone as well but who 
I suppose it is a family audience, but it's just that maybe slightly older. I mean, I, what was I? Yeah, 12, 13, I think is perfect age for that kind of thing. Maybe the time slot that it was on wasn't the best. I feel like it was on a bit later. Maybe not. I'm it was, trying to remember uh, how. I think it was on about 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, yeah. yeah. But great for the BBC for making something like that, because actually I'm quite surprised, after Doctor Who, there wasn't really that much around of the sci-fi stuff. Yeah. But until Doctor Who came back and then suddenly, you know, and then ITV wanted to get in on it, and I don't know, am I misremembering? There wasn't that much around. No. In terms of the BBC uh, making new stuff. What, in, in terms of sci-fi stuff? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, no, it, it did. Really... Whoever, yeah, whoever the commissioners were, weren't really interested. Which is why sort of people see Crime Traveller as kind of sneaking sci-fi in through the back door, which might be true. But I think you can tell, having heard Anthony Horowitz's interviews, he's not asked about the sci-fi aspect of it. For him, that's just so... I mean, you can Mm. tell, to be honest. But Mm. for him, that's just a way of reinvigorating the the crime crime drama format. Mm. So, I mean, he says that, you know, um, that he got the idea when he was writing Poirot and they have the flashback bit at the end where he says what happens yep. and you flashback and you see it all happening. And so his idea was just, oh, wouldn't it be great to just flip that round and actually mm. go back instead of just narrating what happened? And so that's his thing. I mean, I don't think he actually spent that long thinking, okay, so let's, you know, let's do some research into sci-fi. I think he was just like, okay. no, cr- the, you know, the crime... The, mm. the the twists and turns, all that stuff. I like Anthony Horowitz. He's, he's very enthusiastic about that kind of thing. Was it he... Somebody said, I can't remember who said about it, there not being a second series, that there was a change at the sort of management at the BBC and they just forgot to recommission a series. It was... <laughs> Surely, like, if you're the not producer... Not necessarily forget him. It's more like... I mean, things like that happen all the time where something will be on the books to be recommissioned mm. and um, there'll be a change in the hierarchy and the next person will go, nah, I'm not bothered by that. So I think it was just one of those yeah. things that it just, whoever came in had their own idea and um, whatever paperwork was relating to the second series fell off the desk and into the bin. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I actually wrote to the BBC about Crime Traveller at the yes, time. you did. And I saw that a long time before, um, <laughs> before I'd heard your podcast. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, it's, <laughs> it's him. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I've got the letter, but I don't particularly remember writing it. No. But I obviously did. And it's, I've got it here, um, dated 17th of June, 1997. And it says, Dear Mr. Rawlings, thank you for your letter of 15th of June about Crime Traveller. Unfortunately, there are no plans for a further series. It is possible that the series shown earlier this year will be repeated at a later date which I don't think happened. No. Uh, we are sorry not to be able to give you a more positive reply at this stage with very best wishes. Simon Wilson of the Viewer and Listener Correspondence. So mm. I was going to say, like, if they forgot to recommission it, they did have my letter, so that should have reminded them to <laughs> bring back a second series. <laughs> it's the only letter I've written to, like, well, you know, asking or demanding, you know, to the BBC <laughs> or <laughs> Crime Traveller. You hear about all these people being, like, angry and getting in touch with the BBC. But, uh, no, that's the only thing that has ever... Uh-huh. made me right away. <laughs> well, good on you for being proactive, though, because, yeah, I, it wouldn't have really occurred to me to do something like that. I, just, I wish I can remember actually doing it. Or what I, you know, <laughs> if it was like child's writing on a postcard or something, or... <laughs> I just don't remember. Oh. I mean, so obviously I loved Crime Traveller so much at the time, I decided to write as soon as the series had finished. <laughs> yeah, because it fit... What, did it finish in April? I think. Yeah, sort of, yeah, April time. And that was... I mean, they got back pretty quick, if that was... 
15th of June. And it already yeah. wasn't wasn't due to be... Yeah, and already there was no... Like, they could have been... Yeah, exactly. They, they'd made up their mind. But then Jonathan Creek started a little, you know, a couple yeah. of months later, I think. Um, I didn't realise there was such an overlap of all those shows. I thought it was sort of a bit more of an evolution of let's try this, let's try this. But mm. um, And then, yeah, I remember watching Jonathan Creek a lot as a, as a Saturday night... Uh, show yeah i was in i was kind of into that weirdly i only really started watching it because peter davison was in one of the episodes and i'd spotted his name in the radio times i was like oh so it was more to see him right. uh, and then i kind of got into it and uh, thought <laughs> yeah. It was really cool. but yeah it's it's it kind of yeah it's it's kind of how crown traveler could have been i think yeah and you can see how well i don't know i was thinking about you know if okay what if crown traveler had gone into a second series the format would have actually changed a bit as we'd got yeah, the setup. You knew there was a, you know, something would happen. They go back, and at that last episode, episode eight, it felt like things were just starting to get a bit more. You know, you've got possibly a returning villain. You know, mm. with that Marlowe guy. Yeah. We got the format. We got our regular team of characters. We know what that is. Where's it going to go now? And I think, yeah, they could have done a lot more with it. It could have gone on, and I know they could have gone back further in time. They could have, yeah, as I say, had this sort of regular. Somebody else has a time machine. There's a regular villain as such. You could find out more about Holly's father. There's a lot more that you could go into. Yeah, they, they would have they definitely would have had to started change something, bending the rules of time playing with that a little bit yeah because it was quite restrictive and i don't i don't actually mind the rules they set up things a bit different from what we used to well especially as doctor who fans where you just think oh yeah time is you just go wherever you want whenever you want mm. um but yeah for all people complain about these rules being quite restrictive to the drama i quite like it i like that you can't just hop back and forth i like that we kind of live the events again from a different perspective um, i really like that i think it's a really good concept and I love, I mean, I love Michael French and Chloe Annette. Wouldn't it be amazing? Chloe Annette as a doctor for the 90s. Imagine. Um, are you, no? Are you, are you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you a really big Chloe Annette fan then? Yeah, I am. Because I, I like her and I liked her in Red Dwarf when I saw her. But I feel that she sometimes lacks a bit of sparkle. You know what I mean? And I don't know whether that's just how she was written, the Kachansky, the Holly. But there's not a lot of jokes, really, with her character, is there? Not a lot of Well, no, she does play that. Well, she is the serious one, you know. She is there. We've got to get back on time. Jeff, we can't do... No, don't do that. We can't. We can never do that. Rules, rules, rules. Yeah, that that is her role. That is her role. And obviously, in Red Dwarf as well, she was the one that was like... She was the sensible one, wasn't she? She is very similar. I was thinking, yeah, she is very... Kachansky, the, is that why same? are you all messing around? Why is it so horrible around here? Oh, I hate this. It is that, isn't it? And yeah. I, I don't. She hasn't really done that much else, which is a bit of a shame. No, she does do um, the odd convention, though. I've noticed. I know. I really want to say, like, there, okay, so there was a showmaster in Exeter, yeah, and she was announced, and I was like, right, I'm going, I'm going. I booked the travel, the hotel was like quite far to go. <laughs> booked the hotel, everything, and the day before she cancelled. <gasps> oh, okay. Oh, and, um, well, I had to go anyway, didn't I? So I went down and, uh, who was instead? Oh, Michelle Ryan was there instead, I saw her. Uh, but I was so disappointed. I was literally going all that way just to see her. Oh, no. Um, and I'm always on the lookout. And I missed her. I think she was at London Comic Con. But she. I think she's doing one next year. I did spot that, yeah. <laughs> next May. And I'm like, I've got to go to that. I have got to go. <laughs> Forget anyone I've met from Doctor Who. I want to meet Chloe Annette. It might be completely disappointing, and I know she's not going <laughs> to necessarily look like she did in Crime Traveller. 
<laughs> but I'm sure she's very nice. Yeah. I want to see it and I want to show her my letter that I wrote oh, to the BBC about great. Crime yeah. Traveller. Yeah, I yeah. really want to see it. And I hope, I don't, you never know how they're going to be or no. necessarily if they want to be at these things. But I hope, I just really want to see it. She's top of my list to meet. Like I don't know what I don't know. I just loved her in Red Dwarf at the time, and I love her in Crime Traveler. And I could see, oh, she'd be great as a uh, in Doctor Who. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Maybe not as the Doctor, if that's okay. what you're suggesting. Okay, what about what about if the BBC <laughs> were like, right, we're going to make a series with Paul McGann in 1997. Yeah, we're going to do it low budget. It's going to be all set on Earth, and you have Holly as this science officer, and she regularly bumps into Paul McGann as the Doctor on Earth and he takes her back and they solve crimes that way and she always calls upon him and so she's the companion and you've got like that unit sort of setup that you had in the John Pertwee years you've got Grisham as the Brigadier type you got Morris and Nicky as sort of Benton and Yates <laughs> you know and it's and that and so she's the companion uh, and you have Paul McGann there or maybe Michael French could be the Doctor I don't know <laughs> <laughs> That's what goes on in my head when I sometimes watch these things. They could have done that. It could have been a reboot for Doctor Who in the, with that budget, with a crime traveller budget, set on Earth like that. Okay, you'd have a couple of aliens or something in there. But not not big, big sci-fi. Still set on Earth. I think you could do that. <laughs> I mean, it could, it could have been not, amazing. You're not the first person to suggest that. <laughs> um, okay. I wouldn't have minded them being in it, either of them, as something, but maybe not the titular character and companion <laughs> okay no i think i think she could do i think she could play the doctor definitely i obviously would have liked to have seen them in more crime juggler oh yeah oh yeah definitely absolutely i hadn't seen michael french i didn't watch mini senders i only know him from after being in holby city when that started in 98 99 he was at the beginning of holby city i remember him in that but i've no i haven't really seen him in anything else and but i think he's he's brilliant I don't know, they're just great characters. I really like them. Um, and that, that whole ensemble as well. And I didn't realise until I saw your tweet that, what's his name, the guy who played Nicky was in Power of the Doctor. Yes. I had no idea. Yeah. Unrecognisable. Richard uh, Dempsey. I'm glad he's still working. Yeah. <laughs> nice guy. No, he doesn't well, yeah. really look much different either. He's aged very well. Yeah, because when I watched him, at, you know, at the time, obviously I'd known him from the Narnia. Yeah. Chronicles of Narnia. I knew him as, from that. Um, and I, lo- I loved, you know, around this time as well, you sort of spotting those familiar actors, mm. you know, like you've sort of mentioned before, you know, like people like you know, um, Terence Hardiman. And it's great watching these things back, just trying to spot the actors from either Doctor Who or, or around that time, something else. Same with in Bugs as well you get a lot of those actors or oh, Jonathan Creek as well like you say they all someone from Doctor Who always pops up <laughs> yeah I think had we got a second series we would have got a few more guest stars bigger names I think yeah but also I think maybe they would have in terms of the format like I don't know did you watch sliders no no I didn't no no you didn't watch sliders okay well that sort of had you know the format was established in the first series where they went from different parallel universe and there was always something different. Yeah. And then towards the, as it went on, they, it got a bit even more, you know, and that, that jumping from, you know, dimension or whatever was the main bit. And then they would work out whatever they had to work out. And then they brought in some sort of alien that had a sliding machine and then it all got very, you know, they had a spaceship and it got suddenly very sci-fi and they were uh, on spaceships okay. and stuff yeah. rather than, you know, going just from Earth to Earth, the same town. Maybe if the budget had increased or something, maybe you could have had, you know, yeah, that kind of maybe a bit more sci-fi or alien element 
it might have got a bit ridiculous, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I maybe think they would have had well, to do something. They probably would have got a few guest writers in as well for a second series, mm. so you would have had other people's ideas coming in and freshening things up. But it's a perfect sort of eight. Maybe it's great because it's just that concise. Yeah, eight episodes. <laughs> it didn't have the chance to go completely off <laughs> and go completely mad. <laughs> and you know, it's it's open ended there. What what could have happened next? And maybe it should be like that. And maybe that's why it's great because it just had those those eight, and we can appreciate those. <laughs> we can't necessarily there's, complain um, too much about. There's one guy on Twitter, and I can't remember his handle off the top of my head. But every time Big Finish mention anything new, he's always underneath going Crime Traveler. What about Crime Traveler? Hey, fingers crossed for Crime Traveler. <laughs> I think that I just don't write it. It would be interesting. And um, have you heard um, Nick Briggs's podcast where he talks about it with Ben no, Clifford? No, I haven't. Right. No. Well, neither of them were particularly kind about it. <laughs> and Nick Briggs basically said, never, 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 never coming anywhere near Big Finish. What? <laughs> he was very, Why? no, he hated it. Hated it. I think they only watched the first episode. And I don't think that's a great one to be the only one that you see. No. I think that's a bit weak. There's a lot to get in. No. But they could do, they could actually do wonders with it. I think, yeah, you know, it, as an adaptation, as yeah. a as a narrated story, or as a getting the whole cast back together, sort of thing. Anything. For, well, I'd rather crime travel than Nick Briggs doing Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, that's original. <laughs> <laughs> or some of the other things that they do, like some of the, I know they do the sort of Jerry Anderson things. It's like that doesn't, you know, with crime travel, you can do a. You know, you can have a great strike. Like their survive, I've been listening to their Survivors series. Uh, now I've not seen any of Survivors on TV. I've not seen the original no. at all. But I love the big finish, and that's great. The soundscapes. How on have that. they done it as a as a kind of rebooted thing? Of they got is it a continuation of the TV series? Um, it's or? it starts off. It's para- so it's got some new characters and some characters from the TV series, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. and it's sort of parallel to the series. Oh, that's interesting. So while stuff's going on in some parts, the the audio ones are going on, and then they sort of cross over. So it doesn't always have the TV characters in. They sort of pop in and out depending on where they're supposed to be in the TV series, in a way. So yeah. they're creating all these brand new characters. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so I've never seen. I've listened to like five or six series of Survivors, but I've never actually seen the TV show. But you don't need to. Uh, yeah, I think they could do a lot with Crime Traveler on yeah. um, on audio. Does Michael French do? What does he? Is he doing a lot of theatre stuff? Has he done recent stuff? I'm, no, he's not. He's not done. I'm sure he would do it. He's not done much really <laughs> for a while. And um... but you, you don't really see. You know, Chloe Annette doesn't do like looking for interviews and stuff with Chloe Annette. There isn't. I mean, she does. A lot of Red Dwarf stuff. Yeah. And I suppose she's all she does, you know, regular sort of the convention circuit, however the Red Dwarf sort of fandom is, I suppose. But she you never really see anything else about her talking about that or No. I was surprised to read um just realise that Janet Fielding was her agent at the time. Oh, is that true? I knew she was an agent. Oh, it was on Twitter. Someone tweeted something about Chloe and yeah. Janet Fielding retweeted her when I was her agent. Uh, oh. So he must have she must have got other job in Red Dwarf and Crime Traveler. That's great. Wasn't yeah. she somebody else's agent as well? That was well. Uh, Paul McGann when he got the doctor. Oh, that as well, was the yeah. one that I saw. Yeah, Paul McGann. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she was doing well at the time <laughs> around the the nineties, yeah, ninety six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, good on her. Yeah. I mean, she could have put no wig on the contract, maybe. So, if you were in charge of. Crime Traveler Series 2, what would you change about it? What do you think were its weaknesses from Series 1? What would I change? 
you've suggested Doctor Who crossover and aliens come into it. Personally, I think the team should be shaken up a bit. Something, yeah, something would have to change. You couldn't just keep that same team. You had to change that formula a little bit, and yeah, yeah. And maybe that would be one of the characters changing up. They get a new boss, something like that, and that changes. Or someone else finds out about the machine and knows what's going on, and so there's a third person that's in on it, not necessarily in the police, but somebody else, maybe. Yeah, which could have been um, Jack Slade. Yes. Because he was thinking at the end, wasn't he? He was piecing it all together. If he came back sort of semi-regular and would sort of come in and help every now and then, yeah, something like that, somebody else would need to be added into it, I think. Um, and I think a more sort of an overarching theme, you know, like a returning, you know, somebody else that is sort of, you know, in Doctor Who terms, like a master type character that is always, you know, behind the scenes. There's something else, like a bigger mm. arc overall. Say if you're going to do eight episodes, there's something big in the background and all, you know, I think something like that, just to aim a little bit higher than just something of the week, I think. And I, I, I mean, I love Sue Johnston as Grisham. She's great because she plays it. She brings a quality to it that's sort of serious to it. But she, she can't be too smart because otherwise it will all fall apart. She has to have that sort of slightly <laughs> comedic sort of. Do you know what I mean? Like she, it can't. It all sort of has to go over her head at the end of the day. She can't be too with. It. So maybe if somebody came in that was a bit more with it and a bit more maybe. That's in on the police yeah. force, maybe that is that finds out or is trying to find out, or there's a somebody in inside that is doing something. Yeah, you know, I don't know. They, they need a bigger sort of arc, I think. Yeah, yeah. I would say a different uh, head of police or chief that would would come in. Mm. But I, I wouldn't change too much. I really wouldn't. Oh, actually, maybe okay. Slade needs to change that suit a little bit more. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it would be. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Is that even something? Would people wear that in the nineties? I don't know. What's the one where he's wearing like the green trousers and the green shirt and the mustard? It just doesn't work. It's just <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of not great. Going oh, it's awful. She looks great in the blue blazer and the red. She looks great in anything, yeah. but he just he looks terribly. That is not a great regular costume for no, him. No, no. And Michael <laughs> French is very handsome. Looks very good in stuff. There's a few um, publicity shots. I don't know if you've seen them of them in different clothes. Sort of like he's got a black polo neck. Oh yeah. Oh no, that doesn't work either. Really. Oh, when no. he, well, it's, it's better than what he got I mean just yeah just wearing regular clothes it'd be great yeah. with that weird and it, what is it like a sort of suede looks a bit sweaty and a bit it it's does. marks yeah, a lot doesn't it, it is, isn't it yeah <laughs> it's just it, it, well, although it's very like limply yeah. he is centre of attention wherever you know in any scene you know that's where he is that's probably the that's the point isn't it um, yeah so or when the stunt guy's guess, on the roof yeah. You can just wait. you know that that's him from far what? away. That's a stunt I guy. What? There's many a stunt. Huh? <laughs> oh yeah, there's many a stunt huh. guy. But no, Magic yeah, I would... television, eh? <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, he needs to change that outfit. Definitely, he cannot keep wearing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've always thought it was strange. Holly's role in it, in that she's sort of someone who can just do anything, any kind of science—physics, biology, chemistry, whatever mm. you want. Holly, and everything is sort of manipulated in such a way for Holly to be sort of present with Slade. It is a bit awkward sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it so is. I, so either she should be a detective, which is fine, Ooh. or like if they were to reboot it, like rethink just with the basic premise, I would have Slade as a private detective. Right. Much more his own man, much more the, the Jonathan Creek character. And I'd have Holly as her own independent scientist or like from a different... Um, organization okay and so they legitimately have to watch out for the police because they're independent people mm. 
wouldn't change it too much either. I don't think because you could have had Holly in a flat. But would you? But th- are you taking out? But you're taking out all of that police team. Oh yeah, but yeah. Apart from that, sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're taking yeah, out all of that regular. I suppose. Fine. But no, I could see how that works. I suppose yeah, that is, yeah is going towards more Jonathan Creek style in a way. But I like I, my favourite elements are when there's something and you know that, that you work out that it sets it up, doesn't it, for when they go back that oh that they've put that in place there or there's a weird you know there's a yeah. door locked or an alarm goes off or anything i love working that you know working that out and being like and it's it's very cleverly put together uh yeah. i think um and having the police there that does have that extra that's why they've got to keep stuff secret and there's a bit more of a urgency to stuff in that way i suppose having the police team there and they've got to be a bit more careful about how they go about things but then like i said the downside is all of their team have to be fairly everything has to go over their head and a little bit stupid for it to work yeah so yeah maybe taking them all out and then yeah they have some other other regular people that they can call upon or helps them out or yeah or it could be maybe jeff was part of that team but then he was just so rogue that he he was <laughs> he's always uh, rogue though isn't he yeah the rogue <laughs> even more <Yeah>. rogue <laughs> <laughs> So he would know that team. He'd see them around. Yeah. He'd know they were. They'd know who he was, but they weren't affiliated. I mean, you've got you've got that in the first episode. Even one of the first things that happens to Jeff is he gets fired for being too rogue. <laughs> so that could be a good sort of way of getting him out of the force and becoming in, this independent person. So that's why you disobeyed my orders and destroyed the entire operation because you felt it, Chief. Not now, Turner. You type up that report and then you get out of here. Oh, you're suspending me again? Oh, no, I'm not suspending you. This time you are out for good. I do think in terms of the actual crimes, I almost get a feeling, especially when Anthony Horowitz has mentioned Ryan on Poirot being the inspiration for this idea. I think a lot of the crimes could almost be like an Agatha Christie mystery. Like it's almost like, <laughs> and we found your monogrammed handkerchief with <laughs> yeah. this lipstick on, that sort of thing. Yes. Um, yeah, it does seem quite old fashioned. And I think it came at kind of that wrong time, late nineties, but before the millennium. And so a lot of the sort of tech side of it just wasn't there really. And it was, it was seemed to be a little bit old fashioned detective, old fashioned policing. But then that's that's you know the I mean? problem with bugs is supposed to be all this high tech. I mean, it's obviously dated really badly yeah. now, and it's all done around Canary Wharf. Canary Wharf is in the background of every single shot. I don't know if it was <laughs> it was like a you know sponsor or something, but it's all around that. And there, as it goes through the series, the series one is very sort of down to earth, and then they get involved in sort of the space program, and they're suddenly going up in a rocket. It's still sort of ground, you know, in in reality. It's oh, not, okay. You know, aliens or sci-fi and stuff, but there way of sort of making it a little bit more techie as they go towards the millennium is to do more sort of nasary type incidents oh, and you know, people okay. stuck in space shuttles and stuff like that yeah yeah just reminded me of that but then that's all dated really badly well all the tech yeah in that uh you know so bugs were sort of going a bit more sophisticated yeah. uh, with their sort of crime but they're more sort of tech based crimes than murder i suppose yeah <laughs> well no no there's murder yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> and I mean, even like, I I love the incidental music for Crime Traveller. Oh, I was going to say about the music. Would you change that? We haven't really talked about it much um, in previous podcasts either, but it, it took me a while to, when I first heard the theme tune, I was thinking, oh, this is not what I was expecting. This is a bit, it, it felt but, a bit old fashioned and a little bit, I don't know, slow paced. 
Mm. It, yeah, that's that's the word. Yeah, it is a bit slow compared to the actual... That's one of the things, I think, that makes it feel like an old-fashioned crime drama or standard crime drama is the, the orchestral, mm. the slow, the, the clarinet, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Is that, is that a TV just then, though? Is it just how everything... I'm trying to think what other stuff was. Maybe, but I think it, I think it was on that cusp, you see. I think it was... Coming out of the 90s, things sort of changed a little bit. But, I mean, Jonathan Creek had music like that as well, didn't it? Thinking about it. Mm. But, but if you've got, like I said, if you've got the, the, the sci-fi tech element in there, I think it could have been a bit more energetic. So would you change the titles and the theme tune completely? Would you want yeah, something different? Yeah, I would, I would change them. And I, I saw um, a video on YouTube. Somebody had done, like, a long trailer to a song. And it was a song by Muse. I can't remember which one it was. But it was really good. And they'd cut it in with all the running and the explosions and stuff. And I thought, yeah, 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 this is what it should have been for a yeah. title sequence. It should have been like, yes, we've got adventure. We've got race against time. It's all happening. We've got murder and suspense and all this kind of thing. But with that opening, it just seems to sort of, to not gain any momentum. Well, because it's metronomic, isn't it? It's to the second hand of a clock. Mm, yeah, it's not the best. Uh... And also it's, in terms of a piece of music, it's all there within that. 50 seconds or something, beginning, middle, mm. and end. So I don't think you could make like, you know, a, like a full length version. Like you can <laughs> no. with some theme tunes. It's just, that's it. Mm. You can't repeat it at any point because it's all, it goes through these different modes and keys and all this kind of thing. And then, yeah. and then just winds down <laughs> as the clock stops. It's a bit, it's a bit catchy though. It does get in your head. That. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> it is. I've got mixed feelings about it. I was very negative about it originally, but now I love it. Yeah. But, I do. Good. I do think. I do think it should have perhaps been a bit more lively. Yeah. I know. I think so. Yeah. Definitely. It's a shame we haven't got. Um. Should be a Blu-ray release or something. Yeah. Well, it looks like it was filmed on film. All of it. So I think so. They could, if they've got those films, you can do all sorts, can't you? Transfer. Imagine. And... Yeah. Because the DVD release wasn't the best. Hmm. It was a bit sparse. Have you been watching them? Do you own the DVD? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I find it easier to just watch the YouTube ones. I mean, they're decent quality, aren't they? They're just DVD rips. Oh, right, So I mean, it's yeah. no longer a case of, like, choosing the best quality one because they're almost identical, really. Um, yeah, they are, yeah. It'd be nice to have it cleaned up. Blu-ray, amazing. Yeah. Some audio commentaries. Commentaries, <laughs> behind-the-scenes, documentaries. Do a, like... A, <laughs> do the whole lot. The Crime Traveller <laughs> collection, like the Doc 2 ones, with every yeah, single oh, little... imagine, yes. Your letter could be on it as a PDF. <laughs> yeah. Updated special effects. <laughs> it gets Sue Johnson to sit down and watch it and commentate. <laughs> I, that would. Do you be think good. she remembers yeah. doing this? She's done so much stuff. Do you think she's like? Well, <laughs> I've not heard her talk about it before, and I've looked through. I've had a little flick through her autobiography, and it doesn't seem to mention it. So. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know, although you never know. She might be like, oh yeah, I'll look at these things again and have a laugh about it. But hearing Anthony Horowitz talk about it would be good because he's very honest about what worked and what didn't work and all mm, that. I wonder, yeah, I mean, I wonder how, yeah, I'd like to know sort of his experience of the whole thing, really, and how it came about. And yeah, He does really I... like it. He calls it the one that got away a lot. But then you think, well, why didn't he sort of, maybe, did anyone fight for it to, you know... Couldn't he have just been on at the BBC or somebody or producer or someone was like, I don't know. I we're think doing another series, he'd, right? He'd moved on you to know, like, Midsummer Murders or something yeah, like that. I just point. wondered. Or Foil's War. He's so prolific. I mean, I mean, probably had ten other things going on by the time they'd even said they weren't going to recommission it. So yeah, yeah, just one of those things. Yeah, it's just. A I think it might work as a novel, though. That'd be nice. That would be as good. But a, a spin-off novel, you could really get into mm. the detail of it, and you could do loads there. Um, 
Yeah, he's still very inventive with his twists and yeah. turns in the crowd. Yeah, or, yeah, do a book, get Michael French to read the audio book. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Can they do a spin-off drama? Just get like Morris and Nikki to do like an unofficial spin-off. <laughs> <laughs> just the just the police lot. They can't afford Chloe and Ed or Michael French. Just a straightforward no time travel bit. No time travel. Just, just a, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a, a budget straight to video. Set in a set in the police station, solving actual crimes in real <laughs> time. Know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do all sorts. <laughs> oh, could do a lot. <laughs> well, yes, I know, I know. Could do a lot of things, but yeah, it's weird. It's never been repeated. No, and I would, I would have thought it would have been a shoo-in for BritBox. Exactly. I think if it or went on BritBox or something, it's like would... I know it's not. It's a different production company, and it's not BBC necessarily. It's mm. Carnival. But films. I think people would appreciate it. I, it's just a shame that you sort of mention Crime Traveller, and everyone's a bit like, "Oh yeah, it wasn't." It as if it's a bit of a failure. But it was like, you know, got good viewing figures. Yeah. It was Saturday night on BBC. It was just, I don't know, it just isn't appreciated. And I think if it wasn't Brickbox or something. Definitely, people would enjoy it now. I think, uh, and and well, people are discovering it more and more. I think. Yeah. People are just like, oh, what was that one? And you've got to sort of explain. So yeah, there's, there's no way yeah. to really access it anymore, is there? So you know, you're not going right. to necessarily find a DVD box set in most shops, are you now? So no, I think I got mine sort of secondhand somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's plenty on eBay yeah. and Amazon, but yeah. Um, oh really? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no. I know I've got my eBay notifications set for a number of things, and one of them's crime traveler stuff. And um, but yeah, there's like three box sets every day that are flashing up for me. There's two different releases, I think. There's, I see, I've got the complete series where it's like two separate crime traveler one and crime traveler. <gasps> oh, two, you've got that one, which is a bit odd. Ah. And then I did have a cardboard case one that was. I think they came out separate. I think they released like two volumes. Yeah. Sort of cardboard case. And then I've got this other one I sort of upgraded to the complete box set, but they've just put a wraparound thing around the individual ones. <laughs> but it's like crime. Tra- yeah. So it's like episode one to four and then yeah. episode one to four. When I've got a bit more disposable bit. income, I might um, try and get all these different covers, but I um, can't really justify it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's slightly different. Look. <laughs> There's some great ones from, I think, from the US release or the Australian release that it just looks like a completely different show, the way oh, they yeah. packaged it. It's amazing. They definitely had a lot of photo shoots for it. They put the money in on that, didn't I know, they? I know, I know. I think they really wanted to push it, a great didn't time. they, as a new thing. They really did, yeah. Front, front cover of the Radio Times. They yeah, they yeah. did. But then I suppose, yeah, Michael French was a name then. Yeah, Straight he was. Out of Hot Property, EastEnders, yeah. in a way. He was quite popular then. So he was the name, I suppose, to sort of push it. But um, yeah, well, we've got these eight episodes, and I think they're brilliant. Oh, well, it's really <laughs> nice to talk to somebody who does love the show. Yeah, and it's great to know, yeah, that people are watching it. And that, obviously, that's how I you know, found your podcast. I, I yeah. sort of, I think, similar to you, just every now and then sort of Google or search for <laughs> crime traveler related stuff just to see what yeah. people are saying or. Uh, and yeah, it's great that you're talking about it on podcast as yeah. well. So uh, I mean, we're nowhere near as proactive as you. You've actually properly maintained the uh, the weekly output, haven't you? With with very few pauses. Oh yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm very surprised. And what you now? You you're over halfway through the classic series now. We yeah, we're just starting the key to time. Wow. So we are yeah. Um, I don't know if we're going to have a break before the new series, or I mean, that's a long way off. Yeah. Uh, but we're still going, yeah, week week in, week out. That is quite a lot. 
Have you any uh, thoughts about, are you going to cover the wilderness years or are you going to just go straight from survival TV movie Rose? Oh, well, I think Dimensions in Time has to oh, be done. Oh, Dimensions in Time, of course. <laughs> of course, that needs to be done. got to be done. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I love all those Doctor Who spin-offs straight to video stuff. Yeah. So I might put a little season together to illustrate nice. what it was like at the time. <laughs> 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 this is all we had. We had Auton and Probe and stuff oh, like God, that. Oh, that's all. such a long time when yeah. young as well, isn't it? Those years just dragged on. And now, not a day goes by that somebody on Twitter doesn't go like, oh, it's 15 years since this episode and it's 16 years since that. Like, what? <laughs> Well, yeah, it's funny because, you know, you know, 97, I mean, okay, we had the, the TV movie then, but other than that, Doctor Who finished, there was only seven Doctors it finished and yeah. it was a complete thing, you know, there wasn't going to be any more, there was only that many Doctors. You couldn't even imagine that it would carry on. So, you know, anything like Crime Traveller and all this stuff that was on at the time, you're like, ah, oh, there's something new, there's something else that's new that we can get into and because Doctor Who had finished and, yeah, and now, yeah, now everything's, oh, yeah, you wouldn't even imagine. Coming up to the 60th, yeah yeah <laughs> it was just like unbelievable absolutely unbelievable that it would be carrying on so uh, brilliant and of yeah. course you got uh, a little behind the scenes preview of some of the last episode the power of the doctor didn't you yes yeah when they filmed all my work yeah yeah Oh, it's a shame it wasn't the scene with Richard Dempsey that I could have said about crime travel. Yeah, imagine, imagine. imagine. There was a picture of him in the TARDIS and he was, he was around somewhere. But yeah, that was... Um, imagine yeah, if he was there. That would have been better than anybody else. <laughs> Shove Jodie Whittaker out of the way. Sorry, I've just got to yeah. talk to Richard. Yeah, definitely. No, yeah, that was a surprise. That was brilliant. And finding out about Tina Nace months and months before and not saying anything. Yeah. So uh, that was uh, very... Well, I'm glad it is... <laughs> Carrying on for, uh, and therefore your podcast for a long time to come. <laughs> forever, Mark, forever. Can you imagine? Yes. Oh, gosh. Well, that's the thing. Every time I'm like, they're making, like, I know that, what, we haven't, we've got like a year till the next Doctor and stuff. Yeah. But I wonder how far we'll get on the podcast till we get to. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's really great hearing your progress anyway. Very entertaining. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me to chat. It's great to talk about Crime Traveler. It's great that other people are talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, well, all the best for the podcast. Oh, thank you very much. And yeah. fingers crossed, Crown Traveller will finally get a second series when Russell T. Davis takes it over. Yes, it'll, yeah. It'll be broadcast on Disney yeah. throughout the world and everyone will know. Just, yeah, just start with it. Just put it on BritBox. Yeah. Whoever's listening, just put it on BritBox. Just start with that and then see what the response is and it will be amazing. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag bring back Crown Traveller. Cool. Mark, thank you very much for joining me. Cool. No worries. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. See Bye. you. To watch Crime Traveller. Oh, by the way, Mark, have you heard of The Vanishing Man? Um, Only what? Because you've done episode on it, <laughs> hmm. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. No, I hadn't heard it before. Oh well, never mind. <laughs>